0: Welcome to Shambhavi Spectrum, Marketing Magic Industry Insights. It is my pleasure here to have with me a very serious but funny copywriter by profession and many other things added to it, Jimmy Arujo from Jix Advertising, Dubai. Welcome, Jimmy. I'm so glad you found the time to be here, and I really appreciate. thank you so very much. How are thank you today? You so much.
1: Thank you very much. It's my pleasure and privilege to be over here. And thank you for inviting me.
0: So we met in a networking event and obviously I was so excited to meet you, knowing that you've been here for a good part of your life. Please share with me a little bit of your experience, your life. How did copywriting happen to you or did you happen to copywriting? Tell us more about it, please.
1: Okay, Uh, I would start it like this, that, you know, as a student in school, I, w- I always was at the last rank in my class. And we were, we were, a, stu- uh, we were a class of 48 students. I was always ranked 48. But in the English language, I always stopped the class. And I'll tell you why that happened. Like I used to be, I used to be perpetually sick. I was a very sickly child. I had this uh, chronic bronchitis. And I was forever at the doctor's place. And at doctor's dispensaries, you spend a lot of time just whiling away your time over there. But there was something very attractive about the doctor's place. There was this wonderful magazine called The Reader's Digest. And that one single magazine drew me, pulled me, and you know gravitated me so so strongly towards uh, reading that a time came when, uh, when we, we would actually sub- subscribe to the magazine. And I would be in the loo and read it from cover to cover. And my mother will say, please come out, sit on the sofa and read it. I'll say, no, <laughs> if I get out, I will not, I'll do it, get into something else. I want to finish this. And I, I still think it's one of the best pieces of reading which is there on this planet. Uh, the only thing that has happened with it is that all the advertising has been hijacked by the pharma, pharma industry. And uh, so the thrill of you know seeing all those nice ads of Timex and Titan and things of other, other ads have gone away. But the articles are still good, very well done. <laughs>
0: I resonate with you on that because I think laughter is the best medicine, yes. humor and uniform and yes. those sections where they had the true story section. Oh, and yes. those were all some things which you could read and revisit it again and again. So yes. uh, when you when people would mention now that you say it, when people mentioned about e-reading and uh, you know, mm-hmm. hard copy books. I think that is one thing which I would miss in e-reading because I wouldn't know where to track it. Whereas in a hard yes. copy, you knew exactly where it was. So yes. it's it's so wonderful to hear about Reader's Digest. And yes, mm-hmm. nothing like Reader's Digest to improve one's world, vocabulary. you know, in terms of yes, the yes. vocabulary, in terms of scope. Yes. And um, and plus, not to forget, we didn't have internet. So you didn't know what was happening in the other parts of the world so well. Mm-hmm apart from reading a boring newspaper. <laughs> yes, yes. So so very nice, Reader's Digest. And uh, so then, so English was brilliant. And I should ask you this some other time in another conversation, that do you think we should have encouraged homeschooling then so that, you know, one could face these challenges of spacing themselves out? And so how did you feel as a child? Was it very difficult uh, to uh, be the last in class always? Or I'm sure you're exaggerating a little bit if your language no, no, was no. so good.
1: I'm not exaggerating. There's, there's another fact over there that uh, my surname being Arujo, I was role number one. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, during, the, during the unit tests and everything, after when the papers are being handed out, my paper would be the first to be given out. And they will okay. just, all the entire class is waiting see, to see if I failed in the subject or I've managed. So because the teacher reads out the marks. And I would be praying for that seven out of twenty, which is like you know thirty-five <laughs> percent. So, and if I if if like I remember once that uh, 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 one of the teachers said that if you've got anybody who's got six and a quarter, I'm willing to make it six and a half. And if anybody mm-hmm. got six and a half, I'll make it seven. So I said, right. okay, I got six and a quarter. I said, Miss, please make it uh, six and a half, six and from six six quarter to six and a half. She made that. I said, Madam, now it's six and a half. Please make it seven. <laughs> 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 said, I can't believe you. And I said, that's the simple logic. So uh, was
0: it very was it very difficult in, in school in terms of pressure or was it difficult in term, at home or are we all from that generation where Marx was just another part of your life?
1: Yeah, Marx did not matter much. And uh, like I was very much into sports and musty and uh, all my see that that's one strange thing. Though I was uh, the last in class, I was all my teachers' favorite. For some weird reason, I can't figure out what it was. All my teachers loved me and I love them. Even to this day, I'm, I'm in, in touch with most of my school teachers. And I'm oh, 55 nice. now. So they are, they are like 70 plus. So right. that's a... And uh, the school also made a big difference. That was Don Bosco's. And uh, okay. uh, th- they, uh, they had a very, a very beautiful uh, uh, teacher-student relationship. And mm-hmm. it encouraged a lot of uh, inspired growth from within rather than pressured growth. So okay. they drew you from within and they, they sought out what is good in you
0: and they mm-hmm. encouraged
1: that. So that helped. And then but- I went into, I liked science a lot. So I went to, I did my chemistry, I graduated in chemistry. I was a medical rep with uh, Ranbaxy in India, mm-hmm. a, a premium at uh, pharma company in India. Uh, I worked with them for almost three years. And uh, then uh, there is this creative Kida, no? Mm.
0: <laughs> where did that <laughs> come from? <laughs>
1: I I don't know. You know, I, I was always doing uh, small radio things for shopkeepers and things like that. At that point of time, India was going through a, a phase change in, in retail where you actually had uh, companies and brands encouraging shopkeepers to have excellent displays of their brand and it would be a competition in which they could actually win a prize. So shopkeepers would come to me and say, you know, can you help us with our, our displays? Can you write a slogan for us? Can you do a, a radio thing that I can, a radio jingle that I can play on my cassette system over here? So I'd actually record things and both in English and Hindi, though my Hindi is very bad. To this day, yeah. I still haven't understood this difference between masculine and feminine, thrilling and pulling in Hindi. <laughs> and uh, it's it, I'm so bad. And my wife is actually a very good Hindi student. And now she says, "I'm going. (laughs) I'm I thought my Hindi would improve.
0: Yes,
1: (laughs) I thought my Hindi would improve, but no, something happened. But then um, communication, yeah. uh, Then I got into advertising. I wanted to get desperately wanted to get into advertising because I thought you know there is something there which I'm uh, which I'm not exploring because I'm spending my time with doctors and pharmaceuticals, which I love. But uh, I could still you know uh, I could still be in dispensaries reading the Reader's Digest i thought that mm. that's, that there's more to life than that so came back to bombay uh, i was all over uh, maharashtra i came back to bombay uh, spent a lot of time got into a uh, uh, to into stardust and their system magazine called health and nutrition worked with them a long time and almost 6 months actually not a long time 6 months and i was trying to get into advertising but nobody would give me a break so then uh, a friend of mine i know i'm sure you know baman irani He's a person who actually. Yes, he's a person who actually helped me uh, to uh, to find a way to get in the advertising industry. So Wonderful. he said, do one thing. He said, you know, on Sundays you have this uh, the Sunday magazine, uh, which is mm-hmm. full of great ads. Take about uh, five to ten ads from there, and write better headlines than what is there in the ad, and present it mm-hmm. to ad agencies. And that's exactly what I did. And in a very short while, I got hired by an ad agency. And then from there, there was no looking back. So it's been a writing journey ever since.
0: Very nice. And uh, you moved to uh, UAE in uh, which year was this? How long have you been in UAE now?
1: Uh, it's been 1996 to 25 years now.
0: Okay. And uh, the better part of it, you were working for somebody else. Your entrepreneurial yes. journey is relatively new. So when yes. did you actually start? Uh, when did you become an entrepreneur? And what was it which made you decide to start working for yourself?
1: uh one thing is uh, like uh, i don't i'm sure you also interacted with the advertising industry a lot and with brands in uh, in this part of the world with products brands and clients and you would find one very interesting phenomena happening over there there's a good uh, a, a briefing session definitely happens and then one of the things that back in india we do is like if uh, the client would tell that your target uh, target audience is uh, anu mishra and anu mishra is 36 years old She's got an elder son who is uh, 11, and she's got a daughter who is 8, and they go to so-and-so school. Uh, anu reads these kinds of magazines. Uh, her husband, is, uh, yeah, he's a, a badminton champion, in his, in his, uh, uh, apart from working as, a, as an IT uh, professional. And you've got pretty much I- uh, an idea of who your target audience is, and then you would tailor your communication to her. Whereas in, right. in Dubai and the Middle East, when you ask them who's your target audience, the answer is everybody. And when you try to address everybody, it's like yes. going into it's like going into a, a dance hall and tell, addressing all the girls and saying, Will you marry me? Nobody <laughs> wants nobody wants to marry you then. So,
0: so yeah.
1: you need, to, you need yes, to tailor I, communication.
0: Right. I think that concept of target uh, segmentation and targeting though it is there but actually when the output comes out whether it is there or not one like you are saying you are better um, i mean placed to say this as a marketing faculty, I can tell you that all along we look at it and we tell them, look at this, look at this and, you know, look at the demographics and stuff like that. And mm. look at the lifestyle. And which mm. is, again, one of the very popular uh, ways of following uh, people. Yes, mm. we do. I, I also think in the recent times, because there's a very lot of uh, micro segmentation which is taking place. Maybe yes. now we are becoming more uh, conscious of it. Um, yes. So that could be. So your uh, when did you say your um, entrepreneurial journey? When did you start your JIX advertising? When did you actually start that?
1: Uh, I, I started my uh, uh, own setup in 2011. At that point, it had a different name. Uh, Jigs Advertising happened. I, I took a different license because uh, uh, there was a lot of pressure having a license from Dubai because I had to have my own office. That was a huge expense. And I, when, when COVID and everything happened, I decided to cut down on expenses so that profitability mm. still stayed uh, burgeoning and uh, still kept above uh, the water level. So, Jake's advertising with that name happened about two years ago. Okay. And uh, while, the, while the business or, or the entrepreneurial journey has uh, started, uh, has begun uh, in 2011, actually. And okay. uh, at that point of time, what happened was I think I, I made a mistake there, as and I was like uh, literally a jack of all trades. I was doing, handling printing, photography, videography, mm. and a lot of other things. Then uh, slowly I decided that, all, that thing, all those things are taking up a lot of my time, whereas if I focused on just copywriting, uh, it, is, it is focused work. It's working. Uh, there's a passion to it. There are, there are, uh, I can offer far better services because I'm qualified there and I, I know that industry very well. That, that expression of mine is very clear. And there is no ambiguity. I don't need to fight with suppliers. I don't need to fight with the clients, you know, pay money to the suppliers on time and things like that. Not nothing that nothing of that sort. I just had to make sure that I uh, ensured that good creative work went to the client. They were happy with it within deadline. Things were supplied, as things were submitted, and everybody was happy. And monies would come in on time. And I and then I, I decided, okay, let me make this my center. And the other things like photography and everything can be on the peripheral side and you know, they can come when they come.
0: So yeah. just now, actually, what you said kind of summarizes what I usually tell people that you need to have a personal brand. So it doesn't mm. make a difference what your company is named till the time you are Jimmy. And then, mm. you know, wherever you are, Jimmy is here that follows because mm. this is your skill, which is what is going to um, appeal mm. to people. So the mm. personal branding of that becomes really very Uh, Important for anybody wherever they are working, whether it's for an organization or for themselves. Uh, So, if we wanted to see Jimmy Arujo on any social media platforms, or we want to see what kind of copy you've written and stuff, where where is a good place to follow you or see you?
1: Okay, there is a page that I maintain on Instagram that uh, showcases Mm. some of my ads. It is called Dubai Copywriter, Mm -hmm. and uh, that is that is for my ads. And apart from that, as a professional, I link up with people on LinkedIn. So again, if you check up uh, Jimmy Arujo over there, you will find me there. So those are the two, mm-hmm. the two places. Uh, Facebook, I was active for some time. But I think I think about three years ago, I got off Facebook. And uh, uh, there is also another page on Instagram where I just have my writing. As in, it's, it's not advertising writing. It's just uh, the passion for writing. And I write a lot of, uh, not a lot, so a bit of poetry. So mm-hmm. that is there on another page called Horizons, uh, with an S, Horizons three six nine so okay. that is that's one more sp- uh, space where i put out some of my creative output so that's uh, th- oh, i think okay. that in a nutshell is th- that in a nutshell is my okay. brand umbrella going outward w-
0: would you like to um, uh, tell me about why you went off facebook um, what was the reason
1: uh it's very funny i had somebody stalking me
0: my god okay let's stop that conversation there exactly.
1: Exactly. okay so
0: but you didn't Bad have a business page you didn't have a business no. page you're saying no. more about your personal okay personal. all right okay and uh, so linkedin uh, does Jix advertising have a page on linkedin or it's just no, again only Jim. your uh,
1: it's with Jim. my name because i yeah. uh, like like you very very clearly said I think it's the name that matters, the person that matters more than the company. The company could be anything. The company right now serves uh, to give me a license as well as it's mm. a name of a bank account. So it works okay. only on those two levels where the name Jigs makes any of this. Uh, the other thing is uh, Jigs is what I call my wife, whose name is Jigna.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Thank you for sharing that. Yes.
1: <laughs> So, yeah.
0: All right. Okay, so um, I teach a couple of integrated marketing communication classes, and uh, you know, so I would, um, um, and this would be very helpful for that for me to know that uh, when you post something on LinkedIn, are you posting the same thing on Instagram or is it completely different? How do you uh, kind of? Uh, uh, how different. do you get the name? Sorry.
1: uh they're very different because uh, they're, very, they're uh, very different. Yeah, because what I've posted on Instagram for my advertising. I just, it's like a portfolio. These are the ads that I've done. Uh, what I do on Instagram, or oh, sorry, on LinkedIn is far more current. What's happening now? Some posts that are related, uh, you know, something that can relate to what is currently happening in the market or things like that. In fact, again, with, with LinkedIn, the same thing happened with stalking over there. So I had gotten oh. off LinkedIn for almost a, a very long while. And then I, it's only recently that I got on, got back onto LinkedIn about uh, about a couple of weeks ago, actually, to be honest.
0: Okay, so um, then how do you get your name out there for people? I know you've lived here for long and people it's networking in sense that people know you. But then how do you get your name out Uh, or uh, how do people know how to reach you? What do they do then?
1: Uh, I don't know whether I'm doing this right or whether I'm doing it wrong. But uh, one thing is I have I loved growing organically for a reason Uh, Mm. that ensured that monies would get paid on time. Most Mm. importantly. Mm. Uh, n- another thing is that people uh, related back and you know said that okay here's a person you can count on he'll do a good good piece of work for you and he's not going to he's quite flexible as in you can go back to him with corrections and you can go back to him with a re-request and an amendment request and and a request to you know change things and he's okay with it and he's flexible and and there is a guy who works twenty four seven as in he if, if you call him at three o'clock in the morning he's available for you uh okay. there are there's one client of mine who's a german client um he used to have printing printing orders and he would be flying to germany his flight would be at seven in the morning he would require the things supplied to him at the airport at four o'clock and i'd see to it that he got it okay. so so he he knew that that dependability was there that yeah. if he gave the job to me he was sure that he would get it so uh, those are the kind of things and and, as for putting my name out there, I'm still a little cagey about it because I'm a little hesitant because uh, what happens is a lot of people uh take work from you and then they don't pay they just vanish and it's happened. I'm sure it's happened with a lot of us, and it happens regularly with a lot of us. So I said like you know let us let us still go with people who come to you through a reference so you know them yeah. and uh having connected with you as well, I know that you know uh, the, the connectivity that grew over there was very uh very organic at the same time very trustworthy people right and that is something that i really liked about that
0: yeah so thank you for that and actually this was a question which i would definitely want to ask you the internet has done great things for us but in the meantime just copy pasting from somewhere has become so popular and even in their posts which people send us forwards if they don't give credit at the end of it in a Facebook post or in a LinkedIn post, it really bothers me as to why that person, you know, just say anonymous. If you didn't know the source, you have a whole load of people saying, oh, great job, very good thoughts and all that. And then that person is not even saying that I didn't write this piece. Mm. So in your industry, how tough or how easy is it to cope with these kind of issues to protect what you have really come up with and, you know, which is your brain
1: OK. In the year 1998, there was this uh, company that uh, deals in cultured pearls called mm. Omi, UMI, UMI, mm. so who asked me to make a small brochure for them. It was a small little brochure that I made for them, about some 16 to 20 pages. And uh, in that, I started the thing with a simple little line which said that legend has it that pearls are the teardrops of angels. Mm. I just created that out of nowhere. One fine night, I was sitting at uh, at work, and the, I, this thing, that was a freelance job at that point of time, and I was working. So I was working at night, and uh, and the client loved it. The mm-hmm. entire brochure was, was something that they were very happy with. They paid well, everything. After that, any, I think most of the pearl brochures that I've opened have that line in it. <laughs> teardrops, I mean, <laughs> pearls are the teardrops of angels. <laughs> and uh, I, I let it go, because, It's good, you know, you feel nice that you've contributed in some way to an industry. And if it becomes a legend uh, on its own, great. Uh, Like that, uh, I'm sure you've heard of uh, Al Baker, Chucky Fresh Arta. Yes, yes. Okay, in 1998, Ifco, the company that has a brand, came to uh, Fortune Promo 7 where I was working. And they they asked for a brand name. And -hmm. this was the first brand name that I gave them, Al Baker. They said, no, we want another 200 names from to select from. I gave them another 200 names, and they came back to Albeca. Mm. So uh, it, is, it just goes to show that, you know, and I, I'll be very humble and honest with you in saying that my creative writing is not my own. I'm just an instrument. I get inspiration from God knows where those inspirations come from, but I'm just an instrument just writing them. I, That's I, all.
0: That's so nice of you. And I think in all creativity, there is always a little divine intervention, you know, that correct thought to remember it, put it down and then to have it uh, synchronized with the person who you're making it for. I think all those are um, there is definitely divine intervention in that. So I would. uh, So like you said, God knows (laughs) it actually probably is.
1: You you also need to have a lot of reading material and knowledge within you. And then you put yeah. that together. Now, from coming from a science background, uh, you know that diamonds are the hardest substance. Yes. And again, we associate diamonds with eternity and love with eternity and all that. So when Joy Alukas wanted to you know, diversify from gold into diamonds, he came to mm-hmm. our ad agency and he said that uh, we need to create something interesting. And uh, I came up with a very simple thought for him. And, just, and against all principles of advertising, in which on a hoarding, we normally don't put more than four words on a hoarding. Mm-hmm. Because it's Mm -hmm. a disturbance for drivers and people like that. People are passing by also. But uh, I first made it as a press ad. But he liked the line so much that he wanted it out on hoardings as well. So the line said, surprising how the hardest substance known to man can soften a woman's heart. And uh, then he said, okay, he loved it. He ran that thing. And he said, I want a tagline. I want a small tagline under Mm -hmm. uh, Aluka's diamonds. I want a small line over there. So I wrote for him uh tender emotion, tender emotions immortalized in stone. So simple. <laughs> nothing boastful about it. Nothing boastful about it. It's just that I'm telling you these but lines are keep not keep simple. My, yeah. Yeah, no no that's
0: and what I'm mean, saying. Keep it simple so everybody understands and, what yes. yeah. Right.
1: And very yeah. and uh, that, that's how it works. You know, when, when it you touch an emotion, then people buy into it because they relate to it. Right.
0: So when you say that actually people can buy diamonds anywhere, but the fact that Alucas or, you know, the company has identified it through you, then the uh, attraction to go towards them is more. So that is what uh, kind of decides who, where your purchase is going to happen. The purchase intention could have been earlier, but where it will happen can actually be because people are more sensitive to your emotions. So then this actually leads me to a question and you brought it up yourself saying that uh, copy for newspaper or for new or for a board sign board and Dubai, I, I mean, we've I've seen it from the time Emirates Neon put up its first Unipoll and, you know, until then um, board advertising was not so popular. And now we are like. I don't know what it's really uh, dominating um, outboard signs and all are very dominating. So do you think about these things or does the creative brief give you instructions? And this would be helpful for my students or, in fact, even for entrepreneurs who are looking at various ways where they can, where they should be looking at advertising. Is there a one, um, you know, one solution for everything or do you, in your mind, think about these things?
1: How do you organize that? Uh, See, it's uh, like, for example, if it's a brochure, you can write Mm -hmm. a lot. If it's a newspaper okay. headline, I would still say uh, write a nice, clear, crisp headline. And uh, there is this uh, worldwide advertising agency uh, chain which is called McCann Erickson or okay. McCann right now, and they've got a very simple way of defining their advertising. the 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 thought is truth well told. Okay. So you, you take a, you take a nice uh, nice aspect of that brand or the product or whatever the simple uh, U.S.P. of the thing and say it well. Say it in a nice way, and uh, that should be your headline. The copy should be minimal. It should not go on and on because people don't have the time to read in today's world. If you can avoid writing copy, even better. If you can say sum it up everything in your headline, so much the better. And then you just write your uh, your sub uh, your brand name uh, tagline to it, and probably a couple of phone numbers for people to contact you, or a website, or a or a click through. And now that uh, most of pe- most people are reading these ads on on the screen and and no longer on a on a physical newspaper its click throughs are very simple and uh, a device to use uh, as opposed to that when you're going to a hoarding uh, you need to be sensitive the most that's that's why i came back to the thing about target audiences you need to be very sensitive to their needs and to the fact that at the time that they're going to be reading your uh, your uh, ad or if they're going to be reading in Unipol or even what is called a mopi a mopi is those uh, those yeah. lit up things and on, on roadsides and on corners uh, keep your message very simple because not everybody is going to be stopped at that traffic light, they're going to be mm. moving, they're going to be and it should not distract them, right? Yeah, you can't have very, very, uh, very alluring looking pictures over there, uh, which suddenly distracts a driver, he's driving at the end of the day. Mm. So, you've got to be sensitive about those things and work along the, and keep the message very short if you can make it. If you can make it something that he that touches heart somewhere, or that's the viewer's heart somewhere, or it could bring us bring us like uh, uh, I was just telling someone today that one of my favorite clients is IKEA. Mm-hmm. IKEA's brief is very simple. Whatever you communicate, it should bring a twinkle to the eye of the reader. Okay. And and it's such a beautiful thought. So you you are you it inspires you to, it it inspires you to write better at the same mm-hmm. time to put across your point to the to the target audience in a way that really inspires them to buy so if you can if you can get a twinkle from his eye you already you already spoken to him and you you and more than that you invited him into a dialogue because right. the moment he smiles as a reaction he's in a dialogue yeah. or he or he, she is in a dialogue and that's where you start a, a, a new brand communication. You get into a dialogue rather than a one-way communication saying, I am this and I am that and I can do this for you and I can do that for you without involving that that other person.
0: So, so for a person who's starting on this journey, let's say they're just entering into the advertising industry and they've just finished all their educational um, background and they've just gone in. Uh, do you think that one should have to... Uh, uh, you know explain their creativity to people or if the people don't get it they should just leave it and try something else then
1: no they shouldn't try something else they should live with their passion for that creativity and they should sharpen that skill to a point where they don't become very esoteric and where their uh, where their communication is understandable only to a few to a, a few mm. who can understand that language they will still have to come to the common denominator of using a because english is a, is a language that is universal and or any language is quite universal. And that communication today needs to, needs to actually dis- uh, disseminate itself in a very simple and open open hearted way to as many people as possible, while at the same time not losing the essence of the brand. So th- and, and when I'm saying essence of the brand, I'm talking about the brand on two levels. One is the brand that the person is advertising. And the other okay. is the personal brand that he adds to it or he or she adds to the thing. So, creative writing is uh, is like if you read a book, a good novel, mm. the novelist does not mention his name uh, except on, on the cover. But he yes. doesn't refer to himself anywhere in the book. Huh, maybe P.G. Widow sometimes talks about himself. <laughs> there are writers who do talk, but they talk in a, in a way that involves you and brings you into the dialogue. Yes.
0: And you can, uh, you can also. Relate to the- Yeah, I think also from a cultural background, we are not really of the type who go about I and me and I did this. I mean, you know, it is something which is little, it takes us a little time to get across that barrier, I suppose. So (laughs) So you've mentioned reading so many times and um, the fact that so I understand that for anyone who wants to be in the ad agency itself, uh, any kind of contribution, they should be people who read and is are there some favorite uh, books or authors? and are you writing one?
1: Uh, I am writing one uh, uh, i if you if you uh, the the title of the book is a little risky and a little naughty.
0: so we'll not discuss there, but yes, definitely okay. we'll look forward. Okay.
1: to that. Okay. And as far as reading, yes i I love reading p g. Widows, Jeffrey Archer, and uh, there are quite a few uh, people like kushwant Singh. His writings yes. are beautiful to read. And people who are, uh, and more than that, uh, if you have, uh, like if you know people who are elderly, mm. sit with them and listen to them. Mm. Because they bring out uh, both wisdom and witticisms that, uh, and, and small anecdotes from their life, which will give you small stories, which you might, which you might not remember, but it will trigger at a time when you need, a small, small, beautiful thing to convey to your audience and uh, and always keep and I would say I, I I wouldn't say that I'm a very perfect guy or something like that, but I would say try to keep your values straightforward uh, don't be dishonest in life, keep your uh, values sets very clear and straight, and that will actually help you go a very long way because I feel that when that channel is clear, when that space is open and beautiful and and sacrosanct, that is when you're blessed with good inspirations that come from a space that you do not, we can never define ourselves in our lifetimes.
0: So I would normally ask, what is your message or, you know, um, something to, uh, for the students or the audience who are watching us? And you've just kind of uh, led me to complete that, Uh, you've given me the answer without asking a question but yes before we finish i would definitely like to know is there some mantra that you live by and are there any other anecdotes or incidents something which uh, you know which you feel that you would definitely uh, like to share with the audience please uh, so two things one is your any memory that you definitely want to share with and second thing what is your mantra that you live by and which you believe in completely
1: okay one is uh, you need to break yourself i mean when i say break yourself Uh, I'll tell you an incident that happened that broke me. Because I used to be a very precocious child, very stubborn, uh, a little proud. And uh, I don't know whether you remember back in, uh, there was a time when every Sunday evening there would be a Hindi movie on television, on Doodarshan.
0: Yes, that was the only thing we were allowed to
1: watch. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And there was a beautiful movie coming up one Sunday and I was so looking forward to seeing it. And this would start at something like 6 o'clock in the evening and go until nine o'clock with two news breaks and things like that. So I was so looking forward to seeing it. And my mother said that at that, point, at that time, she said, okay, I want you to go, to go to the market and buy some vegetables for me. And I was so angry. And I said, I don't want to do this. So she said, no, you have no choice in the matter. Deal with it. You have to go and get this. And I was very angry. And there's this was little kitten that we had at home. And it was passing very close to me, very close in front of me. And I was so angry that I kicked that kitten. That kitten, that kitten went, it must have uh, gone across the room, some 12 feet, gone to the end of the wall and bounced back. Okay, and I was in shock at that moment. I was very angry. Then something happened that broke me. That kitten came to my feet and licked my feet. (laughs) Trust me, that day I broke. And it's very important that we break ourselves and discover something that is beautiful in our lives. And, and that kitten taught me a lesson that nobody, no teacher, nothing, nothing, nothing on this planet has ever been able to teach me with that simple little act of forgiveness. And uh, I think pets
0: are that those who interacted with pets only, they understand this, um, uh, the unconditional love, which pets give you. I am, I'm sorry that this happened, but I am glad that, you know, you found uh, yourself. This, oh, the kitten, uh,
1: kitten was with me for a good 12 years after that. <laughs> and we were the greatest of friends. Yes.
0: And uh, you were probably grateful that it couldn't talk. Otherwise, for every minute, it would have reminded you of the oh, situation. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> but I have not forgotten that lesson. I still remember that lesson. And the important thing is we need to let go. We need to learn to forgive at all all places of our life. And very often, we need to forgive ourselves very often you know we we are conditioned to not forgiving ourselves we hold things in our in our psyche which we, which says that this is something i did wrong go, go get past that it's over uh, you say you go somewhere and say sorry to the person that you hurt or go go to uh, wherever you uh, place of worship or anything or go to the mirror and say sorry cry over it but get past it because life is not just that there's a lot more and like i always say to everybody the each of us we are living far below our potential far below we are capable of so much more and i think we should all explore that so much more and we have we have that we have the we have our two hands we have our two legs we have our eyes we've got our senses to explore 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 right so so, That's my message. So thank
0: you. you. Thank you so very much for your time and for that lovely message, which uh, I hope will build self-confidence in people and help them explore further than what they think as their limiting potential and, you know, make them move beyond that. So thank you so much. We will meet offline again. And once again, we will meet in some other uh, channel for some other discussion. Thank you so much, Jimmy, for being here. My pleasure. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. My pleasure and
1: my privilege. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you.